welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 283, a Mississippi opening weekend turkey hunt. And I am your co-host and the guy who has had two other hunters come into the area that he's turkey hunting on hunting club property not public land hunting club property in the past two days and i am your co-host and the guy who called it i said the good times have been happening but the dark dark times are coming and i've gone cold folks hadn't heard a gobble in over a week now so i knew it was coming and i'm kind of experiencing some things like andy is people coming in quite a few folks out right now with this virus don't you think andy the work from home orders and the shelter at home orders and the quarantine don't go anywhere hide your kids hide your wives hide your husbands too because that (laughs) virus is killing everybody up in here orders obviously are not applying in the turkey woods because there are people everywhere everywhere turkey everywhere every day of the week and so you guys whose seasons have not opened yet hang on because it's going to be a doozy you're going to have a lot of competition in the woods so i just want to go ahead and remind you guys be safe out there there is no turkey out there worth number one on a good day getting a fight with someone number two being involved in a hunting accident that would be the absolute worst and so look i'm not saying i handled things the right way when i had the two hunters come in on me when i was hunting but if somebody comes in on you back out back out let them have it if you can back out safely if you can move safely without being seen back out of there and just let them have it I mean, that's what I did both times. I had, uh, Cameron, I hadn't told you the story. So I'm going to tell it very quickly because we've got a great episode for everybody today. Absolutely. I'd like to share a brief story also on this topic. So go ahead. Okay. So first of all, at this club that I'm in, we're not required to sign out on the map for an area when we're turkey hunting. I actually like the rule. It does sometimes create issues like if I park my truck on the side of the road and I go into this certain area and the turkey's not roosted there but he's roosted oh 800 yards away or a different turkey's gobbling 800 yards away and I go to that turkey then I'm not in the area I signed out for 
So I don't want to have to go back to the sign out board, sign out for this new area and then go over there. Hopefully the turkey's gobbling. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. And so I actually like the rule, but it does open up opportunities for other people to come in on you. And so I parked my truck on the side of the road within plain view of anyone else driving down the road. Both times, both times that people came in on me, they pulled a bass fisherman move. They drove three to 400 yards past me, Mm. parked their truck, got out and started hunting. Mm. This is on a hunting club that's Mm. about 6,500 acres. Wow. And you want to come in three or 400 yards away from where you see another vehicle? You wouldn't do it on public land. I wouldn't do that on public land. You might not. (laughs) Well, you're right. People will do it. But most public land hunters have more respect than to go three or 400 yards away from your vehicle and get out and start hunting. So anyway, I'm not getting onto my soapbox about that. What I am saying to you guys who are listening is please be safe. You're going to have a lot of competition in the woods this spring. And the one thing that I really hate about it for the state of Alabama is this year we actually have some turkeys and I'm going to be surprised. Yeah, our harvest numbers are going to be way up. These turkeys are getting harassed. They're getting slaughtered. And, you know, we needed one more year to get this population back up to decent numbers. But we are where we are. We can't go back and change any of that. And, you know, hopefully it'll give the state of Alabama some reason to step back and look at some of these rules that they have, regulations that they have in place, which I know is not going to happen, but maybe it will. Uh, so, maybe if the harvest is just so great that they'll hopefully they'll drop that bag limit. That's that'd uh, be a good step. Man, don't get me started on that because the hunters in Alabama are not registering their turkeys. That's a fact. That's a, that's nationwide. But I, I'd like to share my experience from Georgia because it kind of mimics your story you just told. So I went to Georgia this past weekend to hunt for my last two days in Georgia. Had great success opening weekend and. I actually drove down Friday after work, and I mean, I'm pretty hardcore about it. I want my spot where I want to hunt, and I enjoy hunting by myself. You know, mm-hmm. I, if I can help it, I, I just really like thinking that I'm in the woods by myself hunting. And so I parked at the gate and slept in the back of my Kia Optima. So I'm in a tiny car sleeping in the back of it all night. So I do that, get out of the car uh, about 30 minutes before daylight grab my gun, load it, put my vest on, ready to start walking, hear gravel crunching, so I'm like, well, I better wait, make sure this guy sees me, so he'll turn around and leave. He pulls up, pulls directly next to my car at the gate, one access point, turns the truck off. It's like, okay. So I walked over there, he rolled down his window, and I was like, all right, well, you know, I'm planning on hunting up this road on that ridge right there. And he was like, yeah, that's where I'm headed too. It's like, what? Yeah, I said, all right, well, I mean, I'm I'm going to be like on the top of that ridge. And he said, all right, I'll get on the other end of the ridge. And I just said, all right, man, I'm just going to back out. I'll leave. We got 30,000 acres to hunt. I'm not sitting on the same ridge as some other guy on 30,000 acres. So he wasn't exa- he wasn't rude. 
he just it was like his mentality was like he'd been hunting here before so this was his spot like there's no you know i don't care if you're hunting here i'm hunting here too this is my spot so i just backed out and left and i wasn't gonna deal with it and then i had a second run in with a hunter which this one was an honest mistake because i parked at one gate he parked at another one and we kind of met in the middle kind of thing but it he was a good caller and I like to think that I'm a good caller. So when he first called, it sounded like a hen to me. So I set up and started calling and we've gotten a kind of a calling match. And then <laughs> I noticed his striker slipped once and I was like, okay, that's a hunter. So I think this is a good tip for people. If you know, another hunter has been calling to you in a scenario like this, I did an obviously bad owl because that wouldn't alert anybody. That would just be a good way to let him know that's another hunter. So I just kind of, and so he quit calling. I saw him stand up, walk out in the road. I stood up, walked out in the road, and we met up and talked. So that was a good way to make sure no shots were fired. There wasn't any kind of incident when you get in a scenario like that. So it was just a, it was obvious it's a human being. He's been calling to me. We're going to, you know, now it's time to give it up. But that was an honest mistake. We both came in from two different gates. So I have no fault with that guy. And he was right. super nice. But the first guy, he wasn't rude. He didn't cuss me out and tell me it was his spot or something. But he just was like, nah, I'm hunting that ridge too. <laughs> I was like, all right, buddy, you can have it. I'm, I'll leave. There's 30,000 acres here. I'm not about to sit on the same ridge as somebody. Good thing I slept here, you know, for the past eight hours. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. So yeah. it's, and I'll just tell y'all from my experience in Georgia, it looked like cattle tracks on those dirt roads there. There's people hunting every single day, Monday through Friday, Saturday yep. and Sunday. So Absolutely. you just, if you're wanting to hunt public land this year and even private, like a hunting club, you better be putting in some boot leather and figuring out some secluded spots. Cause there's, there's going to be a lot of people hunting this year, which you know, a lot of people are happy that there's tons of people hunting, but it's not exactly a fun thing when you're out in the woods and got four other guys in the same block of woods with you. So just keep yeah. that in mind. Stay safe and please be courteous. If somebody gets to the gate before you, they they got there before you. Wake yeah. up earlier tomorrow and beat them. Yeah. I mean, if somebody's there, go take your tail and go somewhere else. There's yeah. no point. There's no point. I don't understand that. Use the time to scout a new area. I just don't understand that one bit. I've never, I can honestly say, and I mean, I know I've walked in on people hunting, but usually it's because I didn't know they were in there. You know, Mm -hmm. they parked somewhere else or somebody dropped them off. That's going to happen. But I've never knowingly gone or walked past somebody or, you know, parked right next to them and gone into the same woods. I've never done that. And it just blows my mind that people will do that. Yeah. That is the rudest thing. I mean, that is so rude. Yeah. So there's my yeah. soapbox story for you. <laughs> but it is their land too. It is, but I I, I agree know. with you. I agree with you. And yeah. you know the other thing too we have to consider. You and I have to consider. And uh, when I say this, it's going to make obvious sense. But a lot of the people who listen to this show hunt the way you and I hunt. But there are people who listen to this show who don't and who go to an area and they will sit in one spot mm-hmm. and not move for four hours or six hours or all day long. Yeah, that's true. And so, you know, is that person bothering me if they come into the same area that I'm in? I mean, I'm going to say, yeah, but are they really? Because how long am I going to 
stay in that area close to them before yeah. I'm up and moving anyway. But you just don't ever know people's hunting styles. And for you to ask that guy in the truck that pulled up after you at the gate, for you to say, hey, well, how do you hunt? Are you just going to sit in that one spot and sit there all day long? I mean, he, he may not have, that may not have bothered him. He may have said, yeah, that's how I hunt. Yeah, Isn't that how I guess, supposed to hunt? Yeah, I could have asked him that. I mean, he didn't look like he was in the greatest shape in the world. So I wouldn't, I don't think he would have been covering 10 miles or anything, but I just, if I know I got 30,000 acres to hunt and I know a guy is about to be hunting the exact same ridge as me, I'm, going I'm just going to go somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I like to move too much, you know, cause I'm going to, the, the whole time, every time I hear a hen or hear something crack the, a stick or something, I'm going to think, is that that guy? Is that him? Yeah. <laughs> is he yeah. right there? <laughs> you know, so. Well, and you should. Yeah. I mean, I, I just. You should suspect that it's him moving around. Yeah. I when mean, I'm turkey hunting, I enjoy being, if I'm going by myself, you know, I enjoy hunting with people too, but if I'm going by myself, I enjoy the feeling that I'm by myself. <laughs> yeah. If that makes sense. So that anyway, sense. that yeah. was my Georgia experience. I, I just, you made a good point warning everyone this year with the stay at home quarantines, there's going to be some real influx of people even middle of the week because mm-hmm. I never saw people middle of the week when I would hunt these spots last year in Tennessee. And this year I've seen four people during the week while scouting and they're coming in on me. So it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. (laughs) Yeah. And I'll tell you, it's not just the turkey woods. I've seen more bass boats being pulled behind vehicles. Yeah. 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 Outdoor activities are really popular. Yeah. Yeah. Get me outside. I can social distance on in a bass boat and not worry about anybody else. And you know, I can't blame you because no. why wouldn't you? That's better than being yeah. cooped up in the house doing Heck nothing. Yeah. That's right. So, you know, do get out there and enjoy the outdoors, but let's all be smart, safe, and courteous about it. So, all right, we're done. We're off this topic. So today we are. 32 days, one hour, 16 minutes, and 34 seconds away from the end, and that pains me to say it, of turkey season mm-hmm. in Alabama. And if you need to pick me up, we are two days from opening day in Tennessee and the north zone of Texas, which I will be there this weekend in Texas. I'm going to let all the goons educate my turkeys this weekend in Tennessee. <laughs> so... That is what the plan is. So there's your pick-me-up from Andy's depressing end of turkey season talk. That's right. That's right. All right, moving on. Yeah, let's move on and do something fun. Who won? (laughs) (laughs) I told you guys when we started this contest with the NWTF membership that we were not going to have a lot of entries in this. So I was right. Cameron, pick a number between 1 and 11, please. Hmm. There's only 11 options, Cameron. It shouldn't take that long. I get it. I already had in my head the number I had picked was 12. So that's kind of funny that you went one. Oh. <laughs> so we will go with numero four because that is the bag limit of turkeys in Tennessee. Congratulations, Tom Beasley. All right, Tom Beasley. Let's go. Tom Beasley, if you will. Please send me an email to andy at imturkeyhunting.com with your address for me to mail this call to you, and I will get it out in the mail this 
week. And hopefully you can use it to kill a turkey here in the next week or two. So congratulations. And thank all of you guys who participated in this giveaway. You know, the wild turkeys are the real beneficiaries of this contest. And so I want to thank you all for participating and joining the NWTF. And we have another contest that we're working on right now, don't we, Cameron? Yes, you need to be joining our owl hooting contest. So I'm kind of surprised we don't have more entries in that than we do. I have been shocked. I thought people liked owl hoot. I do. I think I might I enter myself. <laughs> yeah. Might be unfair. I mean, I you know, I know who I finished third behind you and the winner. Somebody else. Me yeah. and then you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I think we need more entries into this. I mean, it's an unbelievable giveaway we're doing here for the few amount of entries. So if you want to win something that's really nice, enter this owl hooting contest. You got pretty good odds right now. So throw some owl hoots, tag us in social media at the Godfather 49, Turkey Hitman on Twitter, or the Turkey Hunter podcast page on Facebook which is I am turkey hunting. So tag us, do an owl hoot, send it to us. Let us know what you're doing. We're going to listen to them. We're going to judge you. And we're going to pick a winner based on your owl hoot. And you will get a Preston Pittman custom call. One of a kind. For you. So you're not going to be able to beat that. It's unbelievable. One of one. And we're looking for natural voice owl hoot. Natural, yes. Good point. Maybe that's what it is, Cameron. Maybe that's what's keeping people from entering. If you can literally say who cooks for you, you might as well throw it in the ring because there's not many entries right now. So, (laughs) yeah, your owl might be the winner, even if you think my owl's not very good. So I would throw it in there. Throw your hat in the ring. Let's hear it. And you might win a one of one Preston Pittman turkey call. Not many people can say they have that. And you can tell people you want it owl hooting. That's right. Laser engraved box call. That'll be cool to show everyone that you hunt with. So that'd be very fun. Sweet. All right. So one other little piece of housekeeping information we need to talk about. And that is that. So you guys who are not premium subscribers to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast, you can listen to the audio of this episode, the complete episode. You can listen to it by going to our website, the turkeyhunterpodcast.com looking up episode number 283PS for premium single. You can pay 99 cents and listen to this episode in its entirety. And I'm going to tell you it's a good one. There are some turkey sounds (laughs) in this week's episode. They want to turn your speakers down at some point. Yes, no doubt. Oh, man, so So we got a good one, yeah. Yeah, so tell us who's joining us today, Cameron. Today we have myself, you, and Andrew LaCicero, who is a Florida native, but is a guy that I hunted with in Mississippi. We met this year, and hopefully we'll hunt together quite often. We really got along well and had a fun weekend, an opening weekend in Mississippi. So I think y'all are going to enjoy this audio. If you enjoy turkey sounds, hearing the woods wake up, and just everything that goes with a turkey hunt, this one's got what you want. So I hope y'all enjoy this. Let's jump into it, and Cameron and I will see you guys on the other side. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode. We have on the line tonight, Andy, of course, and another Andrew Lo Cicero, 
who is who I hunted with in Mississippi for their opening weekend. So, Andrew, will you tell everybody how are you and where are you? How's it going, guys? Yeah, so like Cameron said, my name's Andrew Lowe Cicero, and currently I'm in Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. We actually got together and hunted opening weekend of Mississippi. We were in Canton, Mississippi, where we were hunting at, at some land that I've accessed to hunt. Pretty, pretty fortunate. I've got a girlfriend whose father has a good piece of property there, and that's where we were hunting at. But believe it or not, I'm down here at the beach right now where I've been chasing a couple of eastern birds here and there and i actually got pretty lucky and killed one this past weekend heck yeah man and a a good piece of property is an understatement this place is immaculate i mean it was (laughs) that was one of the most beautiful pieces of property i've been on in the south probably in my life it might be one of the prettiest ones i ever go on it's it's gorgeous yeah i'm pretty I'm, i'm pretty taken away every time that i step foot on that place like i said super fortunate to get to go out there and educate a few birds uh, <laughs> i know we certainly I, I know we certainly did that that weekend that's for sure yeah, we educated the heck out of them we gave it a, we gave it a good try yeah so where is canton mississippi what part of the state so canton mississippi is in the central part of mississippi and this piece of property is actually located on what we call the central part of the big black river corridor and that's a river that's predominantly known for whitetail deer hunting in the state and what comes with good river swamp properties as we all know is good turkey hunting and so this property while it is known for deer hunting specifically the turkey hunting is just unbelievable it's a really good piece of property that you know has a lot of birds on it has a lot of different types of terrains that you can hunt i kind of told cameron that before he was coming down i was like look you know you kind of tell me what you want to hunt you know if you want to go and hunt the hills if you want to go and hunt the swamp bottoms or if you want to go cut some uh go hunt some fresh clear cuts that we just did or fresh prescribed burns that we did we have all that, you know, to pick from in our back pockets. And wow. Cameron, yeah. <laughs> he kind of, he didn't surprise me at all. He said, I want to go hunt the birds in the swamp. So that's exactly <laughs> what we did. I grew up with a little mud in my blood, so I was wanting to get after him. <laughs> that's right. I like it. Yeah. My my answer would have been all of it. Yeah. <laughs> you would have said the well, burns probably, Andy. You, you like a good burn. My answer would have been all of it. <laughs> we saw, we, yeah, yeah, that's my answer too. We kind of did it though. We 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 started out in the swamps and then we spent one afternoon trekking around the hills and kind of went to some low lying areas of the property and actually struck our first bird in the afternoon on kind of like a couple. Cameron actually went up on top of like a little bit of a, a knoll on a hill and called real, real loudly and struck a bird off. And uh, yeah. believe it or not, we actually ended up calling it up to I think around 60 yards or so. Didn't didn't get a shot at him. Kind of snuck in there nice and quiet. Probably an older bird or one that had been whooped on by a couple of jakes that were hanging around the area. We're not really sure what happened on that one, but you know we we got to we got to he definitely saw the property for sure. We we. Yeah. We didn't let them. We didn't. We didn't let them go. Go out with a fighting chance. We we hit them hard. Yeah, we put some miles on for sure. And yeah, it was. You know, we heard some birds on the roost that morning doing their normal roost gobbling the first morning Saturday, 
And we actually saw yeah. them fly out of the tree. And then about two o'clock that afternoon, after we went and had a unbelievable barbecue lunch, I gotta say, I don't know what that little place is called there in Canton, but it's got my recommendation behind it. But <laughs> we went back out after filling our bellies up and. At about two o'clock, I finally I looked at Andrew and said, "You know, I'm about to get serious on him." So I went up on the knoll and got out my wing and staged a big hen fight between two hens and got him to shock gobble. So we went after and him, but didn't work I, out. I don't. And if I remember this correctly, it was not on the first little initial scene that you staged. I want to say that you maybe got him on like the second or even the third one. Yeah, um, you know, like you said, all it was is it was just that first initial shot gobble. But then we kind of knew where he was, you know, that the initial shot gobble was coming from. We dropped down and got probably what another maybe 300 yards closer to him. Kind of yeah. did the same exact loud calling scenario, and it was again right there. And I mean, within what probably 20, 30 minutes on the ground. Um, we ended up maybe getting a visual on them. We didn't see it, but our other buddy that was there hunting with us, he said the bird came in at 60 yards, flipped around us, just completely silent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, I did, like, when I do that, I don't do it very often. It's when they're really quiet. I, I start out kind of acting like two hens are approaching each other, and then I get into this big brawl, and I'm flapping my wing and going crazy. And then at the end, I kind of always try to act like a, one of them came out victorious. So at the end, I just started cutting real loud, like I'm back sassing the other one. That's when he gobbled. So <laughs> he he mm-hmm. waited to the very end. But it, that was oh, pretty yeah. cool. Uh, it doesn't always work, but every now and then you got to throw something out there. You don't yeah, swing, you don't that's hit. Right. That's right. It definitely works. There's no doubt about that. And it was crazy, too, because if I had to assume just knowing what happened after that, you know, how that hunt ended up ending, my girlfriend and I last season called in two gobblers up there, and she actually killed one of them. So if I had to bet that bird that's still in there is probably one of the ones that we called in last year. Mm. And if I had to assume it's probably a three to maybe a four-year-old bird and like I said, he's definitely been around the woods a time or two, so yeah, uh, it kind of would explain his. It, it it would explain his nature and kind of the the characteristics that he showed us. Yeah, yeah. You don't have too many two year olds come slipping in silent in the back door. That's a slick yeah, old dude. I, I might, might not have given you the full story on that bird, but <laughs> you got him the gobble, so I didn't have to tell you too much about him. <laughs> That was my goal. Get a gobble out of something somewhere. So how do you guys know each other? Andrew messaged me on Instagram months ago. I mean, back in the summer, probably even before even. And we just started talking about turkeys. And he said he was from Florida, but he owns in Mississippi quite a bit. And we were talking back and forth about turkeys. And then it ended up one of his girlfriend's best friends was a bridesmaid in my wedding. <laughs> which was kind of a small, we didn't even know that on the front end. And so we talked some more and then eventually he invited me to come down to Mississippi and hunt with him open a weekend. And I wasn't going to pass that up. So especially after he told me how pretty the property was and he underplayed it massively because it is (laughs) unreal. Yeah. 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 We, you know, I think really what kind of 
of course, seeing Cameron posting turkey pictures on Instagram and stuff, you know, I kind of seeing them travel and whatnot. I like to do a good bit of traveling too. And after we kind of discovered we had a lot of commonalities between the style of hunting that we prefer and kind of where we want to go with our turkey hunting careers and stuff. And, you know, we just kind of seemed to get on a, you know, a good friendship and, you know, wanting to kind of share a little bit of information with each other. And it really stood out to me of how interested he was in turkey books. And I kind of like that as well. And we just got to talking and stuff. And like you said, came across the fact that my girlfriend and one of his wife's best friends were, you know, common friends. And it just kind of made all the more sense. So I was like, shoot, we need to get him down to Mississippi and go ahead and get a hunt together and now we kind of know each other a pretty good bit so anytime yeah. we want to go hunt together or something it, it'll just be you know hey let's meet here hey let's go there let's plan this trip let's go do this let's be here together i mean it's it's just it's just the cool part of the turkey hunting community yeah and that's what i really enjoy about it yeah no doubt we're both pretty young in our careers so we're kind of at that stage where we're just really firing on all cylinders wanting to get after them you know so yeah that's right it works out well (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, so how often do you get up to canton to hunt that piece of property andrew when i so i went to school at old miss and i was there you know from 2014 all the way until 18 so I would say that I, I hunted it, you know, a pretty fair amount when I was actually living in Mississippi because it was pretty easy to get to. Yeah. Now that I'm living in Florida, I'm usually only going opening weekend because it actually, believe it or not, Mississippi opens up really early. March 14th, March 15th is usually the weekend it falls on. So opening weekend, you can guarantee yourself I'll be there for that unless I get a wild hair and I'm in South Florida for whatever reason. But I usually start out opening weekend there. Then I come back to uh, the northwest part of Florida and hunt. And then after that, I go over um, to Mississippi, usually Easter weekend. And usually we do a turkey rodeo each year. And that usually happens on like the April 6th or 7th or 8th. So I would say probably three to four times a season I'm hunting there. Uh, And it could be any, you know, two to five days each time. But I definitely... I'm there. If I'm there, I'm, I'm hunting. There's no doubt about it, but it's a, it's a fun spot to hunt. It really is super fortunate to get to kind of utilize it as my own. Got to put a lot of sweat equity into it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't hurt either that he walks over to the lake that's on the property, grabs a fishing pole, you know, whatever bait was on, it's on it, walks over to the lake, throws it in first cast, like four pound bass, you know, he just throws that one back like a little guy. I was just like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> yeah. was, that was actually that was actually the first time that we fished it because we just they just stocked it. Probably I want to say three. It's been stocked for three years, and I think the rule is rule of thumb is you don't fish a lake until it's been stocked for a handful of years and give them some time to grow. And we just started fishing it. It's been really good. So when the turkeys aren't gobbling and it's not the best weather or uh, you just want to change it up a little bit you can go fish or do something like that and that's always a good icebreaker for people and good way to waste a little bit of time before heading back into the woods yeah yeah very cool very cool that's yeah that's a great thing to do during the day get after them get after the bass and uh always keep an ear open for the turkeys that's right so good deal well set the stage for me for this hunt that you guys are going to take me on today and 
give me a little background. So is this the second day of your hunt, of your trip yeah. up there? So it started Saturday evening, I would say. Andrew had to run to a wedding that I'm glad whoever it was got to get that off with this virus stuff. But So he had to go to a wedding Saturday afternoon. And he left you so, there by yourself? He did. He obviously trusted Holy me. Holy cow, Andrew. He gave me yeah, a... I- we got a bad boy buggy and everything. Yeah, that's right. I told him. Well, it was actually funny because I asked Cameron said, "Hey, do you know how to drive stick shift? Because we have a little jeep up there that we drive around to get around on the property, and it's sick." And he's like, "No, I've never driven stick before." I was like, "Okay, well, I'll get you an electric Ranger." So he, I left him with a Ranger and told him, you know, "Hey, go try and roost those birds back in the swamp again, and we can try and get on them, maybe get a little bit tighter to their roost." And that's what he did. Is uh, I had to go to that wedding, like he said, and then he went and roosted those birds. And I was sitting there the whole time during the service i was texting him give me an update are they gobbling you know did you get one to did you get one to the shot gobble or are they roosting where are they at you know give me the play-by-play so i was yeah. i was excited i went into where we hunted saturday morning and found birds and just kind of sat and let everything be calm for the last 30 minutes of daylight and nothing gobbled on the roost there so my last resort is always a coyote howl i've had a lot of success getting birds to gobble at that in the evening on the roost and i did that and didn't hear anything so when that happens i usually just start like honestly i start jogging like in a brisk walk actually it's more of literally like a jog or run 200 yards every 200 yards i'll start coyote howling and just cover as much ground as possible and so i started doing that going back towards where i parked the electric ranger and i got i heard a bird gobble about as far as a human ear can hear and I got in the Ranger and drove over there and turned it back off and Cody howled again and I got them located and it was what sounded to me I could hear one bird was roosted over like a creek and then there was another bird roosted what seemed like probably 80 to 90 yards from him up a little closer to where I was on the on the hill. So I dropped pins on Onyx and you know told Andrew, "Hey, I finally got them." And I thought it was maybe the same birds from that morning, but he was like, no, 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 that's a whole different flock. And I was like, well, I wouldn't doubt it out here. They're probably running rampant anyway. So that was how the evening shift went. Okay, so you didn't know the exact tree that that bird was roosted, or those birds were roosted in. You just knew kind of the general area. I knew where my pins were. Like, I was confident I was within 50 yards of each bird. And to your credit, you're pretty accurate at that. I yeah, mean, I mean, you really it, are. So. <laughs> I've gotten pretty good at it because I've done it so much with dropping pins on birds. I mean, honestly, you know, you just saw that last weekend in Georgia. That, that was right on top of them. So, and that was from 500 yards away. But I, I felt, you know, I told Andrew, I believe that night, he they have little maps that you can like draw on and erase, which are really cool of the property. Oh, that is cool. And they're like real big, so you can really discuss stuff. So we got one of those out. And I said, this bird I was close to. And like, I'm confident this pin is on him. Like he is within like this grouping of trees right here, you know. Mm-hmm. And this bird, I'm confident I'm within, you know, 50 to 80 yards of his location. Like I'm pretty confident on where they are. So we got back to camp, showed Andrew where they were. He said... All right, we can cross because there was like two ditches in there. One, he was like, we can't cross that. And it was another guy's property on the other side. And one was on the property we were hunting and we had to cross it. And he said, you said 
you told me like a story about last year you and your girlfriend were hunting in that same area and y'all ran across a cottonmouth, I think, and pretty much waded that creek. But then the landowner was like, hey, actually, yeah, there's a spot to cross right down there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, so the, the, birds, the birds that Cameron had roosted did not surprise me at all because the area that we that we ended up hunting that morning was called Lower Panther. And that's just historically a really good creek system that runs north and south on one of the property property borders. And the birds just historically are always there. And so the second that he said, hey, you know, this is where I heard them. This is where I think they are. I was like, that pin that you just dropped is almost exactly where they are, you know, every other day, if not every day. I mean, they're somewhere in that area. Mm-hmm. And my girlfriend and I have hunted that area before. And like you said, I call it, the nickname for it is Cottonmouth because one time we had a bird roosted over there and we were trying to get in nice and tight and it was just breaking daylight and they were starting to hammer. And I'm trying to find a way to get across this ditch and this slough. It's about 10 feet, 15 feet wide and too deep for little ankle boots. And you needed hip boots to get through it. And I find one log and, I'm telling my girlfriend, I was like, okay, we're just going to shimmy across this log and make it. And the second that I walk over there, I look on the side of the log, and there's a cotton mouth with his white mouth open looking at me. Then I look halfway on the middle of the log, there's another cotton mouth sitting on top of it. And then I look on the other side of the log, and there's another cotton mouth on it. So there's three cotton mouths right there. And I was like, you know what? We're not going to cross this. And we we actually, we actually ended up having to go all the way around the creek and ended up getting on the bird. And we actually hunted them pretty, pretty, pretty much that whole morning. Did not end up killing them, but we had a great hunt. So that little area that Cameron Bruce and a man was called Lower Panther, and the specific area is what we call Cottonmouth. And yeah. it's just a really, really okay. good turkey type habitat. I'm sure he'll, he'll, he'll paint you a perfect picture of it yeah so the next morning we had gone through mapped out our plan on how we're going to walk in andrew's familiar with the area obviously because he deer hunts it turkey hunts it you know been there before so that that helps a lot when somebody actually knows the area because i would have been like swimming the creek you know whereas there's a crossing right there but so we go in there and we park the jeep and we walk up the road and then we cut into the woods so it's like a food plot and then the food plots up on top of like a it's not very elevated but it's up a little higher and then it kind of just starts dropping down into this creek bottom and runs all the way down to the creek so the turkeys one was roosted right over the creek and one was roosted over like a little finger of the creek that comes up and so our goal was like all right man Let's just get aggressive with it because, as we'd seen Saturday, the turkeys weren't exactly ready to die, if you know what I mean. I mean, they were they had hens. They didn't really care too much. Like, they weren't super vocal. So it was like, we need to just be aggressive with this. And Yeah, so our, our goal was to use the cover of darkness and slip in there just completely undetected. And I think we got an A-plus on that. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what I'll see what we get as the story goes on. Yeah, so we go in there, and <laughs> the goal is to get between the two gobblers or two sets of gobblers, you know, the two areas we know gobblers are, and which, you know, they're only probably 80 yards apart, if that. So we're trying to squeeze in, you know, get 
35, 40 yards from both of them, but get right between them because we figure they're going to fly down and meet up, you know, right off the roost. So we go in. We actually, we cross the creek. I mean, we're in there in the pitch black dark, but it was, you know, the moon was kind of spotlighting. And I look up in one tree and I'm like, hey, there's a, there's a turkey in the tree right there. And <laughs> we're just like, all right, well, he looks like he's still asleep. So we just walked past him. <laughs> <laughs> got between and we picked a nice big tree and there's like a little opening it's not like a food plot or anything it just kind of was an area that maybe is 30 yards long by 20 yards wide that's more open than the rest of the woods and so we kind of thought this looks like a good meeting place for them so yeah. andrew set up facing to my direct right facing that way because that's where the turkey we saw in the tree was and I face straight out in front towards like the clearing, so right, that's we kind of the. Kinda, we were both, and we were both kind of looking directly in front of us was that creek. You know, like you yeah. said, it's probably only sixty yards to that creek. So you know, the birds either had to hop a creek or they had to come between us and that creek bank. So we felt like we were set up mm-hmm. really, really good. Yeah, I mean the setup. I mean it was perfect. I felt really confident. Before this audio begins. I say to Andrew, like, pretty soon after we sat down, it's still pitch black dark. I said, man, I hear drumming. And he was like, no way. And I was like, dude, I swear I'm hearing drumming. And then he was like, I hear it too. And he's like, it sounds like it's right in front of you. I was like, yeah, I know, but I don't see it. Like, I don't see him anywhere. Because I could see the tree limbs pretty good. There's no leaves, you know, right now. And the moonlight was pretty bright. Yeah. And I just, you know, just continuously keep hearing that i mean just constant that that had to be the earliest that i've ever heard a bird drumming in a tree before i've never yeah i mean it was just such a cool experience to to have that happen and slip in there and be so close to their roost and have them do that it was it was like uh, i mean it was just unreal yeah so we hear that, and that's when, like, I really slowly, because at this point I realize we're in the we're in the hen house, like we're up here amongst them. I reach in and pick out the recorder and turn it on, and I just sat it down in the leaves next to me. So that's where we'll pick up on the hunt, and we'll kind of interject here in the middle and update you on what's going on, and then we'll finish it out. And so here's your first part of the hunt. Just stay still and we'll start fighting her and maybe another one will come up. Yeah. 
All right, so as y'all heard, we're pretty close to this turkey, wouldn't you say, Andrew? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, the, the thing that got me was when I literally, went, when I looked up and I saw that bird in the tree limb above my head, <laughs> and I said to you, the words came out of my mouth barely. I said, I think it's a hen. And the second I got the hen <laughs> out, you just heard, ow! And Cameron and I were just like, not a hen. Yeah, right that's not a hen, buddy. Right, right after that bird gobbled, I think the other two gobbled right back at him. I mean, we were just like, oh my gosh. we <laughs> How did we just flip underneath? I mean, when people tell you that they roost a bird and you're like, okay, yeah, you have a good idea and you kind of know where that bird is at, we legitimately sat on the tree that not one, but three gobblers were roosted in or directly next to. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. With that turkey gobbled, yeah, Andrew said, like, in the dark, we hear the one drumming, and he apparently looked up and was like, hey, there's there's a turkey in our tree. And, and I was like, no way. And he was like, yeah, man, I swear, it's right above my head. And he's like, I think it's a hen. It's like, nah, dude, that ain't a hen. <laughs> yeah, at, at this point, we could not find a hen we didn't hear a hen doing any muted tree yelps or anything like that we just heard drumming a gobble looked up another gobble a gobbler above me that just lit one rip and then another (laughs) one put him off that was directly in front of me so 
I basically got one directly above my head. I'm not kidding you, probably 20 feet above my head. And then another one, probably like 30 30 yards on the tree next to me out in front. And, I mean, I'm just watching one head strike out and litter, gobble out, and then the next one cutting them off. And you're just seeing that beard, you know, swinging up there and watching the bird kind of teeter-totter back and forth on the limb and stuff. It was it was a very unique experience to kind of find yourself sitting right there underneath them and seeing that yeah. all kind of come to life. Yeah, it was nuts. And so in front of me, so that's what Andrew's looking at. In front of me, because we can't really see perfectly in front of each other because we're trying to be so still at this point. I finally pick out the bird that's drumming, and he's like right above me in the next tree up above me. And I see him up there. He's just drumming his heart out, and he's facing from left to right. And just every time that fan comes back down, he throws it back up and just constant. It was just awesome to watch. And I think, I feel like he was probably the dominant bird because he was the only one that drummed the whole time. The other two gobbled. But he kept drumming and strutting the whole time in the tree. So I finally, as the light got more, I noticed all these figures in this big tree in front of him where he's facing. And it's all the hens are roosted in one tree right in front of him. How many hens do you think there were? I think probably eight to ten hens. Yeah, without, with, without a doubt. There had to have been, I'd say, three gobblers, one dominant and then two subdominant and then probably a tree full of hens could have been yeah. anywhere from eight to ten hens yeah and so we're we're like i mean the hens are probably 50 yards in front of me the third gobbler the dominant who's strutting is maybe 30 yards i'm not even that i mean maybe 15 honestly and then andrew has one that's like scraping the limb above his head and then has one 20 to 30 yards in front of him so that's where we'll jump back in. We'll let y'all hear this audio and we'll take it all the way to the end of this hunt. And it's just unbelievable just listening to the audio of, a, you know, even just the Tweety Birds tweet and everything. And then those roaring gobbles that literally like the first time he gobbled, I started shaking so bad. I thought they were going to see me. But anyway, we'll jump back in. So this is the scenario we're in and we'll let y'all listen to the rest of the hunt. I can't wait.
stretched out behind us. Yeah, that's where everything's facing. I can spin around on this tree. I can spin pretty good on this tree if they do.
How did I miss that? No way I just missed that. Looks like he was dead. So shots were fired, expletives were fired, <laughs> and no blood was drawn. <laughs> so no blood was drawn that we know of. I think he was okay. He, he seemed. He you said was, you heard him yeah. in there the next day, so we're confident yeah, yeah. he was okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I went back to the area. I went back to the area the next day and heard all three of them screaming their yeah. heads off again. So it was it was nice and uh, it was definitely a, a burden lifted upon us that you know that that bird made it out there okay and yeah. Cameron kind of left me with some good words of wisdom and uh, definitely didn't let the didn't let the cuts burn too deeply. He made sure to let me know that hey you know you might have missed him that day but the good thing is you get to go back in there and hunt him again. So okay. you know. I just kind of thought about that, and I was like, you know what? That's exactly right. So I went back in there and kept on hunting them, and they were screaming their heads off doing their turkey things, and it was almost like it didn't even happen. Uh, It was was cool. Yeah. So uh, just am curious. Andrew, you patterned your gun lately? (laughs) Yes. 
Yeah, and as I told you earlier, you know, I killed a bird in Florida, I believe, on sat- this past Saturday or Sunday, and that bird came in, you know, looking around for us and stuff, and I had to put my red dot on him, which I do use a red dot, and I had it right there on him, held on firmly and squeezed the trigger, and he didn't flop once I connected with him. So the gun is on. Uh, I think it was probably just a bit of those butterflies and jitters first open, you know, second opening yeah. morning, opening weekend hunt. And I think, you know, we were so fired up and we had been sitting there so long underneath the roost, just hearing the birds gobble. And it was kind of like one of those things where it was a plan that came together so perfectly. And when the birds started pitching down and doing their thing, they completely threw us off. I mean, yeah, what we thought did. was going to happen. They did the complete opposite. I mean, as turkey hunters, we know how surprising turkeys can be and what they do and where mm-hmm. they go. And especially when they first come off the roost, you never know how far they plan on pitching down or which direction they want to go. They might be facing one direction all morning long on the roost, and then they spin around, you know, 180 degrees on the limb and pitch down and go a complete different direction. And that's what those birds did. We had the, the bird that was drumming above Cameron go one way on the other side of the creek. We had the bird directly above me pitch down out in front and go meet up underneath the tree with all the hens in it. And then the bird that I fired at actually pitched down to my right. And actually the best shot that I had was right when he first pitched down, I had a perfect shot at probably about 35, 40 yards. And he did not, you know, he wasn't moving around or anything. He was probably the second bird on the ground. So I think he was kind of waiting a little bit to see what the other turkeys were going to do, if they were going to come to him or if he needed to go meet up with them. But Cameron and I were kind of wanting to maybe try and get a double. So we kind of reserved our shots and we're hoping that we can maybe get one perfect job where we could take out two of them call it greedy but i mean the situation <laughs> seemed like it was perfect so we were definitely going to try i mean we, and he was walking to, def- like straight at us too yeah. so yeah so he yeah so he started walking and it was you know like i said it was just bizarre the bird above cameron pitched down went across the creek and then the bird above me did the same thing followed him My, the bird that I actually fired at went to the right and he did go and start meeting up with those hens and and the other gobblers. And I told Cameron, I said, you know, after we kind of decided, he was like, you want me to shoot him? Do you want to take him? And I don't know. I kind of said, I'll, I'll take him. And then if he was going to (laughs) get past me a little bit, I was going to let Cameron shoot him. But, you know, we knew that that bird was going to go after seeing those other birds hop the Creek. We knew we had a short window of opportunity. So I told Cameron, I said, look, you know, once he gets past this log, I want you to call and get his head up. Cause he was walking pretty swiftly. I mean, this was not yeah. a turkey that was just hanging out waiting to see, but he was eager to meet up. I mean, he was ready to get things going. He was in a hurry. So the bird gets behind some real tall green grass and, Oh, there's a tree blocking me. So I told Cameron, I said, right when he gets past that tree, call, get his head up. Cameron does that. So the bird comes over and he gets out right past that tree and Cameron cuts probably two or three times real, real hard. And what does that bird do? He freaking shot gobbles and freaking (laughs) just lifts one rip. And I have my red dot on that turkey's head the entire time. And so I just remember seeing his head extend and that beard shake and like the fog or the mist coming out of his breath as he lifts out a gobble. And I don't know, 
you know, if I pulled the trigger when he gobbled. I don't know if I pulled it right when he pulled his head back. You know, probably just a mixture of it. And when I did pull the trigger, the bird jumped straight in the air. You know, at first, kind of one of those things, you think you just made him flop or something. And then he hit the ground and took off running. And Cameron's running after him in the woods, firing shots. And the bird <laughs> hit the air. And he's, he's taking off. And I'm firing shots through the air. And, he didn't, he didn't get, he, you know, we definitely threw some firepower at him. He won that day, that's for sure. There was no lack of pellets thrown in his general vicinity. No, that's right. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I think what happened is, I mean, I don't know why, but I don't think either of us anticipated that he was actually going to gobble when I called. I I thought he was just going to, like, shoot his head up, you know, straight up. Well, I mean, exactly. That's what, you know, I always do and always try and do that for other people or have someone who's with me do that. You know, when they're walking somewhere or if they're kind of headhunting, looking for you in the woods, trying to find that hen or hens, you know, they want to look or key in on something. And I just like getting that head up and getting them to kind of stop, maybe look around, just give you a short window to pull that trigger and have a, you know, confirmed target. And that bird just lit one rip. I mean, it was it was the coolest thing seeing his head go down and seeing him gobble and hearing it and being so close to him and stuff. But I just had to throw me off. I mean, yeah, uh, the gun sighted in, you know, killed a bird with it killed plenty of turkeys with that gun and that setup and that shot pattern. So, you know, it was definitely a user error on that one. Yeah. I'm just glad I glad I got it out at the beginning of the season because there's plenty of time to make up for it now. Yeah. I think personally my opinion is that he gobbled and you shot at his outstretched head and it seemed like right when you pulled the trigger he pulled his head back in and yeah. At the distance, I don't think your pattern opened up very much, so it just was like a rifle slug whizzing right by his face. That's just what I envisioned. How, how far? How far do you remember that shot being? I thought probably like thirty to thirty-five. Thirty to thirty-five. That's why I think I can't remember for certain, but I want to say I, I stepped it off to like thirty-seven. Yeah, and you stepped it off. It was 30, definitely in the thirties. Yeah, thirty thirty-seven was definitely killable range. I mean, twenty gauge TSS number nine tan loaded i mean pretty confident in that you know i think it was just mixture of butterflies jitters goblin turkey being excited you know it happens to us it's going to happen again to me at some point it's part of it part of the fun i guess absolutely and I, i didn't tell you this before i came to mississippi i'm apparently a curse on people missing in mississippi because yeah, i missed kind of two forgot. I kind of forgot. You kind of forgot to mention that. Uh, well, it's a fact. Because I, <laughs> I missed two last year. A fellow that took me last year, Brett, he missed one after I left. And then I believe his dad missed one. And a youth he took missed one. So he was texting me like, man, you need to like come do some you know rain dances around the camp house or something. Because you have cursed like this whole state. So, But we've broken the curse now. Brett killed a couple. You killed one in Florida. I've killed one. So we're not missing anymore, but it's going to happen again to all of us. It's just part of turkey hunting. I pray I get the chance to miss another one. I can tell you that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. That is for sure. Well, man, y'all got all of the good out of that hunt, except some flopping and turkey meat. And we got plenty of audio out of it. 
Yeah, and uh, I mean the experience. Uh, yeah. yeah, we 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 executed you know a good plan. Cameron went in, did an awesome job roosting the birds, kind of figured out exactly where they were. I want to say that that penny dropped and showed me on Onyx maps, and then when we went back and kind of cross-referenced it, where you know the birds usually tend to roost at up and down that creek, like I knew we were gonna be pretty much in the wheelhouse that morning and i've never walked underneath a turkey on the limb without it flying off before and i don't know if the cover of darkness kind of sealed us and we we were able to do that or if the bird was legitimately asleep i don't even know if turkeys do sleep at night is that a thing i mean did we get lucky (laughs) I, i don't know i think he was snoozing because he didn't even like walk around on the limb or anything he just looked like his head yeah. tucked in his wing was just yeah. hanging out well, <laughs> like, and, 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 and i think this is worth noting too i did tell cameron you know hey look just so you know we are gonna spook deer throughout this weekend while we're hunting we have a deer herd population that's kind of giving us some trouble right now so there's a abundance i mean we're overpopulated with deer so cameron said well you know, that's okay because when we're going in and sneaking in tight to them on the roost and stuff all weekend, if we go in super early, those turkeys aren't going to spook off the limbs because they're so used to having deer and stuff walk underneath their trees. And I think that's honestly probably what could have saved our hunt that yeah. morning is we, we slipped right underneath them and stuff, and it was so dark that they just couldn't tell what we were. I mean, they probably just thought we were a deer. Yeah. They just saw figures walking in the dark, and they're used to that, I assume. Has it crossed either of your minds that maybe what you thought was drumming was that turkey snoring? (laughs) No, it was definitely (laughs) drumming. It was it was unbelievable drumming. Like it, I love that sound, yeah. and we were so close. You could hear every facet of it. It was amazing. So you guys have a lot of ambient trees out there on that property that drop ambient peels instead of acorns like oak trees drop and maybe a turkey none, into some ambient. None, that, none that i'm aware of but it certainly hmm. would not surprise me oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, goodness man that just sounds like a blast i mean the audio it was is awesome. incredible so I had more fun. I had so much fun hanging out in Mississippi that weekend. We ate some good barbecue, had a good time turkey hunting. So, Andrew, thank you for taking me and let me experience oh, that. Yeah. I, I don't care if yeah, we got any meat or not. That was awesome. Yeah. Like you said, it was the full experience and get to go back and hunt them again. So maybe next year we'll leave one in there. We'll have to go back and try and get after them again or this season. I don't know what we have planned, but. The turkeys are dead. If they're gobbling, we're going after them, that's for sure. Wherever they gobble, I'm trying to be there. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. Andrew, thank you for coming on and sharing the story with us. And thank you for letting Cameron tag along with a good turkey hunter and letting him learn a few things. You know, he needs a a lot of help. And so I'm glad you were able to take him out there and teach him something. Yeah, well, all I have to say about that is if anyone were out there watching us, they would think the blind was leading the blind that weekend but we got close. <laughs> it whooped us good i don't know how how good you got whooped you got that close to birds and shots were fired i don't shots believe that fired. was a weapon yeah so good deal man well good luck to you the rest of the season i hope you continue to have success on private ground and get back up there to your girlfriend's 
father's place in Mississippi and whack a couple up there. And where are you traveling this year besides Mississippi? So kind of, you know, with all the virus stuff out right now, I've kind of been throwing a curveball. I don't really have any set plans now. Uh, started in Florida. Well, I actually started in Mississippi with Cameron. Then I'm in Florida. I plan on going to Tennessee and either hunting with some college buddies or maybe meeting up with Cameron and hunting. Plan on going to Georgia, meeting up with my old roommate from college and hunting over there uh, on some public and private stuff that he's pretty familiar with. And then I'm also planning on maybe trying to hit Texas or maybe even try and go do a little bit traveling out west. I was telling Cameron earlier today, like, I really want to try and do a Rio and a Merriam because I have not killed either one of those. Yeah. And I think it'd be super fun to do. I do plan on going to visit some friends up in Kentucky and hunting in Kentucky and then maybe even Iowa. I plan on, you know, if, if all this stuff kind of clears up with the virus and maybe – you know, the end of April, you know, we're, we're, we're looking a little bit stronger as a country and stuff. I hope I get to do a decent bit of traveling, but that's kind of where I'm at. Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, Texas, Iowa, Kentucky. Fantastic. Be a pretty good year. Yeah, that'd be a great year. Very good. Well, man. sure. Appreciate you coming on, Andrew, and for taking me. I hope we share no many, problem, many shells going off at turkeys maybe even connecting right. on a few but i hope we get to experience right. it again together sometime that's right that sounds good i'm looking forward to it i appreciate you guys having me on yeah thank you for Literally. coming on all right so i'm looking forward to getting you back on to share some audio sometime soon and in the meantime be safe out there and good luck to you awesome thank you guys thank you andrew yeah goodbye all right i hope you guys enjoyed that that was quite a hunt it was awesome. It For not bringing home any meat, that was probably one of my most memorable hunts. Just because when you're that close to a turkey, the rattle in the gobble is just mm-hmm. different. Yeah, You can hear every... I could hear that turkey when he gobbled. I could hear the bark scraping on his feet when he rocked that tree. I mean, it just... You don't get many opportunities like that in a lifetime. I mean, that is something special. So... Yeah. And the drumming, oh my gosh. I mean, the dr- when you're that close to turkey drumming, it sounds completely different than it does at 30 yards, you know? Mm-hmm. At, at 30 yards, you kind of hear a maybe. You might hear that tum, but at five yards, it feels like the leaves pick up off the ground every time he does it. And you can literally feel it in your chest. It's un- yeah. That sound is unbelievable to me. It is like out of this world. <laughs> I love the drumming as much as I love gobbling. And I love drumming more than gobbling, probably. I mean, honestly. You know, I've not heard any drumming this, this season. Well, I did. That was the only yeah. one I've heard drumming. So I definitely, I heard plenty that morning. But that's the only turkey I've seen strut all season, actually, which is strange. Yeah, and I've not seen a turkey. Well, I have seen them strut with hens before season opened, but I've not had one come strutting in or strutting past me yet. Yeah. The, the ones I've seen killed have all been just kind of walking in, peeking over. I haven't had the cut me off and comes in, you know, strutting and drumming, that kind of thing yet, but I'll take them either way. I don't discriminate. Yeah, no doubt. So Very that was cool. awesome hunt. Andrew's a great guy. He's a good turkey hunter. I think he just whacked one and florida he hunts uh, north florida portion so i hope we get to share some memories together some more because we're both kind of in the same walk of life right now young professionals just starting our careers and 
really getting into turkey hunting hardcore so we had a we had a blast i know that much awesome well it was a heck of a hunt and thank you for sharing that with us absolutely i think we got another we do (laughs) oh man it's gonna be fun these hunts amp me up man i love it hey and next week i'm not real sure how we're gonna lay out next week's show because we have audio from two different perspectives Mm-hmm. You have Cameron's perspective and you have my perspective. And I'm really interested. I've not heard Cameron's audio yet. I'm really interested to hear his. And I, <laughs> I think you know he's going to be really interested to hear mine. <laughs> you know I'm interested to hear yours when you hear me whisper yelling behind you. <laughs> I can't wait. Next week's audio is pretty awesome. It's good. It's an interesting story. It's a fun hunt. We had a freaking blast, but it got hairy there at the end. <laughs> it did. It really did. Oh, me. But man, that was awesome. So I think everybody's going to enjoy next week's hunt. That's going to take place in Georgia. And precursor to next week's hunt, I'll probably share the story from my first morning in Georgia since I forgot to record the audio. But I'll share the story and then we'll jump into Sunday morning of Georgia's season, day two next week awesome so i've got a calling tip for this week let's hear it all right this is something very easy for every one of you guys listening to do and i want you to do it because i kind of feel like it's important cameron and i had quite a discussion about it when we were in georgia and so cameron feels like it's important to do so this week's calling tip is to record your calls in the woods and i don't mean just your turkey callers and how they sound and your turkey calling and how it sounds definitely do that but also record your owl hooter record your crow call and record it at 50 yards if you're doing an owl hoot and a crow call record your turkey calls your turkey calling using the different ones at you know at a reasonable distance 15 20 yards 10 yards, something like that. And make sure, you know, if you're going to do three different calls or five different types of callers, make sure you know which one's number one, which one's number two on Mm -hmm. down the line so that you know how each one of those callers and your calling on that caller sounds in the woods, away from you, away from the caller, so that you can know, does this really sound like a turkey? Does this crow call sound like a crow does this owl sound like a crow or an owl does the owl sound like a train coming i mean i've heard some really bad owl calling with owl hooters not natural voice i've heard some really bad natural voice owl hooting not this year but i've heard bad everything i mean yeah just go record yourself from 40 yards and listen to it surely you're not too egregious to notice how terrible you are if it's that bad and figure out what yeah. you need to do to fix it. So that's a great tip. I mean, that you can't tell what you sound like really when you're the one blowing the call because of the way it's, it's casting out from you, the sound waves different. are. So it's completely different yeah. than what you, you think. So in your mind, you might be thinking, I sound freaking great. And then you record yourself out there at 40 yards and you play it and you're like, holy cow, that would sound good if a peacock was eating an owl, but... That's not what I'm going for. So do that. That's a great tip, Andy. I like it. I do that all the time. My neighbors think I'm nuts. Yeah. And 
just what Cameron said. You can do it in your own backyard. Oh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> your neighbors will think you're nuts, but they already know. Cameron's neighbors already know he's nuts. So your neighbors may learn a little something about you that they didn't know, but you'll learn something about you you didn't know, too, about yeah. your calls. And I bet you more than one of you guys listening to this, if you do it, you'll take some of your turkey calls. Chunk them. And you'll chunk them. You'll take an owl hooter or a crow call and you'll chunk it. Absolutely. So that's a great tip. That's it. We look forward to talking that's, to y'all. Well, what's your what's your favor of the week, Andy? Favor of the week this week is this. Come on and participate in the owl hooting contest. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Seriously. We, we've got some entries, but we want a bunch of entries. And no one's gonna make fun of you. I mean, I just gave you a calling tip of, to tell you to practice your calls. Practice your natural voice owl hooting. See how it sounds 30 yards away. And send us a video of it. <laughs> and video it as well. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're entered. So yeah. what do you have to lose? We're not, listen, we're not going to play. We'll play the top two on the podcast. How about that? But there if you, you are number 99 on the list and you're embarrassed of your call, we're, I'll promise you, we're not going to make fun of you, and we're not going to play it for everyone. So if you think it's bad, send it on, because you never know. It may sound good 30 yards away, mm-hmm. and you may win the contest. And it's right. about a $200 value on this. The prize is about a $200 value with this contest. So I'd be entering it if I could. Yeah, please enter. Look forward to hearing your owl hoots. I know there's some people out there that can hoot at an owl. I've heard you in the woods, so let's hear it. Absolutely. Fantastic. We look forward to talking to y'all next week on another hunt, taking y'all to the woods of Georgia. That'll be the third state we've had a hunt in this year with Mississippi, Georgia, and Florida. So hopefully we can add Alabama and Tennessee and Texas to that coming up. So see y'all next week. And with that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Sayonara. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.